Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. And we are Not the Pastor. Today on Not the Pastor, we're going to talk about a crucial dynamic in ministry, and that is communication. So how can we lead as ministers in effective communication? What are some common reasons for miscommunication and and the potential fallout that occurs whenever we miscommunicate? Also, what are some key relationships that we need to take care to communicate about clearly? We're going to talk about all those questions and more today on Not the Pastor with Tim Russell. Well, Tim, thank you so much for being with us today on Not the Pastor. I'm excited about this topic. We're going to talk with you today about communication and ministry, why that's so important, and just kind of your perspective on that. So maybe just start out by kind of explaining for us why are you so passionate about communicating well in the ministry? How how did you come to, to appreciate good communication so well? Well, first of all, thank you, Nathan and Thomas, for uh, inviting me on the podcast. It's an honor to be here as a guest. And uh, thanks for being an expert. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I, <laughs> formerly with a friend of mine, Corey Eastep, had had done a podcast together. So it's interesting to be on this side uh, of, yeah. of the podcast. Wait, so. did you did you say that Corey was formerly your friend, or that you formerly mm-hmm. did a formerly podcast? Formerly my friend. Okay, so mm-hmm. as a yeah, not friends anymore. My friend. Okay, we yeah. still do the podcast. No, no, just kidding. No, we, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, we don't do the podcast anymore. But we're great friends. We good, uh, good. We okay, thanks for clarifying. Stay in touch. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's like a two-way thing there, you know, right. but I consider a friend still, you know, right. it depends on the day, really. It, really depends uh, the day. it makes sense. It, it makes sense. Know how that goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. For it's sure. Good. Uh, uh, but no, it's, it's an honor to be here. So I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. And, and I am passionate about the subject of communicating well. And not that I consider myself an expert. I'm just passionate about it because, um, well, first of all, from my own failures in ministry uh, and what I've learned. I, I feel that this is something that if, if, if I can share my experiences with someone and they can learn from my failures, then I am grateful for that, you know, because I, I don't want others to have to experience the same failures I've experienced. Uh, but then also yeah. um, communication and ministry is important to me, especially inner staff communication, okay. um, because I've just seen too many friends get burned in bad scenarios. Um because they didn't communicate well, they didn't communicate their desires, you know, they didn't communicate their ministry goals. Um, and there ends up being a lot of hurt feelings and things and kind of getting ahead of myself on, on some of those thoughts. But, um, you know, my burden exists just because I've seen, if, if we don't communicate well, people get hurt. Right. That's and, good. That's a good um, statement. I, I just, I just don't want to see more ministers hurting because they are not communicating efficiently. And I don't want to see more churches hurting because uh, again, there's not communication on, on both sides. There's not communication yeah. from the congregation, from the ministry leaders, um, from people who have a burden and a passion and, and then the pastoral staff as well. So right. um, I just yeah. think it's, it's really important to make sure that we have a, um, a proper biblical balanced perspective on healthy communication. Yeah, good. That's good. That's good and helpful. Absolutely. Well, that, that, that really kind of explains really what some of the risks are of, of not communicating well. I mean, the, the risk is, is people get hurt. I, I'm already thinking of some, we're not here to talk about my, my experiences necessarily, but I'm already thinking of situations that, man, I, I, could have, I could have prevented had I just 
taken two seconds and thought through a little bit more clearly, okay, who, who needs to hear about this? Who, who needs to, who does this need to be communicated to? So it is high stakes. Exactly. Years ago, it was our, it was a big Christmas presentation. And so we had lots of guests in people's family from out of town. And we did, we were going to do kind of an offering or no, I think it was just for the guests. We're going to do like a welcome guest. And so we normally have our ushers walk in the front with little, mm. you know, little brochures and the head usher, the guy who was in charge of it that day misunderstood the cue. Uh. And so he walks up and somebody started singing right as they're walking up like a solo. And we were still like transitioning into more choir songs. This was kind of like a cantata. We're going to sing yeah. more songs. And so like they're just oh, standing no. there while this soloist is singing and like nobody really uh, knew what to do. And so finally right. like, we just waited until the soloist was done. The music director goes up and like whispers in his ear like, hey, you guys, um, it's, you still have a few more songs. Just go back. I'll, I'll call you up. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but right. you know, the whole, yeah. you know, yeah. packed auditorium for Christmas. Right. This is of course yeah. two years ago yeah. before when we right. had packed auditoriums. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that yeah, makes. I mean, that happens all too often where you just, right. you know, it's simple things where you just miss yeah. something, you know, that's. Yeah. That's yeah. natural, right? That's going to yeah. happen because we're all right. human. We're failures. Sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But oh, if man. that's a, if that's a lack of communication, it's, it's, mistakes are, mistakes happen. That's fine. Right. But if that's a lack of communication, then that means I mean that guy goes, wait a second, that guy should have told me. I look like an idiot now, exactly. and now feelings are hurt. And yep. I mean that's people quit working in you know. their positions. They I'm done with this. If you're going to make me look like that, that's I mean, that that stuff is. That, uh, those happen that's because it. of a lack of communication. Yep. And so yeah, that's exactly. what we're talking about. It, it's good. There's, that's, that's that hurt feeling, that offense mm-hmm. that happens. Yes. It's, it's almost always unintentional. You know, if you think about your own personal yes. experiences in ministry, like, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a time where I intentionally was like, I want to hurt this church <laughs> right. member's feelings. Right. Yes. I want to make them look like a fool. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. hey, maybe, yeah. I, you know, maybe there's a little bit of that sinful side of me. No, no, yeah. no. You know, like, <laughs> Sometimes. <but> genuinely, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, genuinely, I don't think any pastor is going to stand up and say, like, yeah, I intentionally right. wanted to upset this deacon. I intentionally yes. wanted to upset no. these Sunday school teachers, you know. Right. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, and it comes down to just disciplines. Um, yeah, there you is. know, it comes down to just being disciplined and communicating to people. Um, but kind of going back to the risk thing, um, I think some of the risks, you know, we talked already just about just that unintentional offense of church members. Uh, again, just, I'll just share all my stories. I, I'm not yeah. yes, uh, ashamed do. because like I say, if, if I share stories, you know, if people can learn from my experiences, um, I don't know if you guys are guilty of this, but I don't love confrontation. Huh. I don't know a lot of people who do. I, I know yeah. a lot of people who love drama, but I don't know a lot yes. of people who love confrontation, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so yeah. um, whenever there's an issue to confront, which being a youth pastor, I have lots of issues to confront. Really? You know, really? Um, okay. you know I don't know how many times, like this last uh, winter, this is all unrelated, this is kind of a rabbit trail. We just did That's a winter good. camp uh, just about a week ago. Yeah. And uh, during winter camp, somebody brings a vape pin up to me, you know, with all the oil in it and everything ready to go. You know, it's obviously been recently used and I'm just like, Oh, yay. Like, yeah, just what I wanted to deal with in the middle of winter camp, you know? Right. Uh, um, yes. And so, you know, I don't love comfort. I would much rather just forget about these issues. You know, right. I would much rather sure. just ignore it and hope it goes away. Yeah. But unfortunately most issues can't be ignored because they don't go away. Nope. That's um, not how it goes. And there, there was one instance um, a few years back where we had, we had a teenager who I, I would describe them as a flight risk. We kind of have like created a new policy where we say, if a teenager is a flight risk, they're not allowed to go on out of town activities. Okay. Um, okay. And a flight risk would be someone 
who legitimately like could just run away. You know, like we've yeah. had that scenario before we had like foster kids sure. and like, we're going to like Oklahoma city and their foster, their actual bio families in Oklahoma city. And so we can't take them there because they're by, you know, it's just a whole mess. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, so that's a unique scenario, but yes. um, sometimes too, we've had kids, I, I put them under this category. That's not really flight risk, but um, there's probably a better term for it. Um, but you know, if, if they have had recent issues with drug use, Mm -hmm. gotcha. uh, or alcohol use, or, you know, again, like bringing vapes to church, things like that, where it's like, if they have had a very recent problem with like suicide, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. I'm not going to take a kid who literally just tried to commit suicide two weeks ago to Southwest Youth Conference. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah. kids like that, who would be in that category of like, okay, like you're, we want you in church. We want right. you to come right. to activities, but we're not taking you on a three day trip. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so we had that issue arise where there was a, a young person who, would fall under that category. I won't say why, but they would fall into that category. And it was obvious to me and my pastor and the youth workers, but like, it wasn't quite as obvious to this family, right. you know, cause just, it was a rougher right. situation. It was a rough situation. Yeah. Right. Um, and I needed to address it and yeah. I forgot, mm. I forgot to address it until literally we're just a couple days before the event. And I call and say, Hey, listen, just so you know, cause we had, we had talked, several weeks before about the issue. Yeah. And, but then I had not clarified, Hey, they, they're not going on any out of town trips. And so now it's a couple of days. I'm, I call and I'm like, Hey, just, I, I think you would understand because of the scenario, they're not going to be able to go on the trip. But my failure, my massive failure, as you guys can see already is yeah. I waited way too long. Yeah. I waited way right. too long to address this in my yeah. mind. I'm like, I mean, surely they get it. Yes. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I mean, they, they know this yeah. is a problem, but the parents then call my pastor and yeah. like, that's right. You guys know, right. not the pastor. Oh. All right. The worst yeah. scenario is when your pastor gets a call from a church member because of something you did. Right. Yes. yes. Uh, and yeah. you don't talk about a breakdown in communication. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, I love those phone calls where my pastor's calling me and say, Hey, tell me about so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay. about yeah. so-and-so. He's like, why haven't I heard about this before? You know, like right. why, uh -huh. why am I just not hearing about it from them? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And so that was one of those scenarios where I learned the hard way. Like I have got to deal with these issues. Yeah. Way sooner. You know, part of it was my, my avoidance of confronting the yes. issue. And, yeah. and forgetfulness. Um, yep. But at the end of the day, it was my fault. 100% yeah, yeah. I had to own up. Yeah. And there was some massive yeah. apologies. Now the young person still didn't go because, and yeah. I, I, but I had to have like a meeting with the family. And thankfully to this day, actually, I have a much better relationship with that family. I was able to salvage that one through communicating yeah. after yeah. the fact and making right. an apology. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but that was, you know, that was a very big deal in the, in the moment. And I've had that happen other times too, where, yes. and again, it just, it's always unintentional. Um, yeah. you know, just speaking in Sunday school, you say something, um, mm -hmm. I mean, let's be really candid, like, you know, being a youth pastor, I like to address heavy hitting issues. You know, sure. I, try, yeah. I try to address what I know these kids are experiencing and Good. being exposed to in public school. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I have a, I have a diverse audience and I might have yep. a, an eighth grader who's been homeschooled all their life. And right. so when I'm over here talking about certain uh, subjects of immorality, right. or if I'm over here talking about um, you know, getting pretty ex like um, specific about right. drug use and things like that. And because I know for a fact that kid over there is yes. doing drugs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know for oh, yeah. a fact that kids, you know, but then this eight grade yeah. homeschooler over here has never been exposed to any of this stuff. And then their yes. parents come and complain later, <laughs> Right. you know, it's like, uh, yeah. so I've yeah. since learned as well um, to have lots of meetings with parents <laughs> right. oh, yeah. and yeah. preface things. But, uh, but that's definitely a risk I think is, yeah. is that offense of church members, um, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot of others. I mean, like, uh, I think oh, another yeah. big one, and like I said, kind of my heart 
is that um, damage relationships among staff. And yeah. I can't remember which one of you was kind of talking about the whole, uh, the, with the deacon thing. Well, Thomas, you're talking about like, yeah. the, yep. the usher thing. But w- when we were talking about that, you guys had mentioned the offense to where this guy's like, I don't want to be involved in this ministry anymore because he made me look yeah. like a fool. Yeah. Um, and on a bigger scale, if we're talking specifically, specifically to ministers in this podcast, I have seen that happen yes. Um, yes. firsthand with other staff members where yeah. a staff member, because of poor communication, um, yeah. feels just like, am I even welcomed here? You know what I mean? Right. To the point where it's like, am I just the, you know, am I just here to be the fool, you know, yeah. to, to be the fall guy, to be the scapegoat, yes. you know? And, right. and that's a painful situation. And yes. I don't know how much of that you've seen. Um, yeah. But I have friends, and of course, I'm not going to mention you by name, but I have friends right. who have been hurt because yes. of a, uh, either with a, a poor communication between their pastor. And, and and to be fair, I'm not trying to call out any pastors. There was right. failures on both sides yes. and they recognized right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But that's definitely a risk is, is where you can have a, I don't want to say hostile work environment, but you can have yeah. a pretty tense work environment mm-hmm. where it's not super fun to go into work anymore because right. you and your pastor just aren't hashing out issues yeah. and you're not yeah. communicating properly with yeah. each other. Yeah. Tim, there's been a couple of different times um, where my pastor and I have got on different, uh, um, but, but we've been on uh, different pages, maybe if you will. And um, so he expected this out of me and I was thinking this over here or whatever. And, um, or, or sometimes it was the exact opposite. I expected, um, I had some expectations of him, um, yeah. whether it's right or wrong or whatever, but I, that weren't met. I had some expectations that weren't met. And so that makes me feel pretty frustrated or that makes him feel a little bit annoyed. And the, by the time it's all said and done, it takes two or three, like two or three moments to ruin weeks of yeah. like, yeah. I felt like my pastor and I are friends, right? We, we, I mean, we've been working together for more than 10 years and I have a good relationship with each other. I want to want to work together and want to be on the same team. But, um, there've been some weeks where what you're describing, the not wanting to go to work and the like, man, I, how can I figure out how not to do that? Or how I, I'll go in and just like sneak into my office and I'll shut the door and I, you know, and then I'll have, you know, I'll go, I'll go do visits today so I don't have to go into the office, right? I'll you know, <laughs> find a way so I'm not having to have like, and, and, and there've been a couple of times over the years where that's been a, like that's how our relationship has got to that point. And what, what, what it's needed is for us to sit down and have a conversation yeah, and um, hash out what's going on. And, yeah. and if we had been communicating well on Monday, this wouldn't be the way that I feel on Friday. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you've struggled with avoiding conflict as well. So, okay, yeah, I'm glad I'm not alone. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> so, what, what I'm hearing, Tim, from you, and I, I would agree with this, is that more often than not, communication or a breakdown in communication, rather, is probably the result more of neglect or oversight. Sure. So, more so than like, I just don't want to talk to this person. Yeah. I, you know, I'm purposely not going to communicate well. It, it's you know, something slipped under our radar. And in those situations, we probably just need to own up to it and, right. make, you know, then go and communicate, you know, that we messed up and, and own that and, and get yeah. the communication flowing again. But yeah, probably just uh, neglect or oversight. I, I don't know what you guys, what your experience has been in 2020. Uh, you know, obviously we're in 2021 now, but 
there were so many changes to our church calendar. I mean, oh, just yeah. constantly events getting uh, postponed, events getting canceled altogether, events getting changed, what we were going to be oh, doing yeah. with them. We finally came to the point where we had to like, it's not very long, but we had to type up a document that said, okay, when there is a change to the, the, to the schedule, these are the steps that we're going to go through just to make sure that we don't miss anybody. Cause there was a situation we had where there was an event that got canceled completely. I communicated to everybody that was involved in the event. The one person I forgot to communicate to was the, uh, the lady who takes care of our church bulletin. Our, our oh, e- that gets emailed out every week. And so it was still in the bulletin. She felt so foolish and everybody else knew it was, was, uh, you know, canceled except for, yeah. <laughs> except for her. I felt so bad because that was my fault. You know, I, I did not all had run to her. The bulletin lady. The so bulletin lady. That's yeah. Up, yeah. <laughs> I am so thankful for her. She does a great job. And she, oh yeah. She takes pride every, in her work. She, she takes the fall every time for our every failures. Time. You, know, yeah. that, you want yeah. to talk about the one person yeah. in ministry who's going to look the worst. Yeah. It's yes. like that person who makes the yeah. bulletin. Because yeah. every time yeah. it's not that they made the announcement wrong. They're right. just give, they're just we didn't give them the right information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Well, oh, yeah, that's, well, Tim, maybe you could help us out then and, and give us some, some guidelines here, some tips on helping us to communicate well. How, how can we avoid you know, poor communication? How can we communicate well? Sure. I, I think, um, you know, obviously, when, whenever we have these failures in communication, it affects the effectiveness of our ministry. That's good. Um, it affects what we're able to accomplish. Um, um, it affects the, the spirit. You know, and so I think we're, we're speaking to leaders today. So we have to be leaders in our communication and, and we have to take, you know, I think we've already addressed, we need to take responsibility. Yep. Uh, and That's part right. of accepting responsibility is being humble. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen, I mean, I struggle with pride, yeah, but as too. pastors, that cannot be something that is evident in every issue to where we're just too stubborn and prideful to take the blame for something. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but we see it and I, I have struggled with it and I have yeah. shifted the blame myself oh, and yeah. had to catch myself after the yeah. fact. And so I'm not, I'm not up here saying that I have figured this out. I'm just saying as pastors, as leaders, as ministers, we have got to be more responsible and humble when it comes to failures in communication. Yeah, um, cause again, I, there was an issue, another story. There was just, I'm, I'm, a. I'm blunt. I'm sarcastic. I make assumptions. Like you mentioned, Thomas, I kind of make assumptions and assume everyone else knows what I'm thinking, you know? Um, And I had done that uh, a few years ago with some of my youth workers. And these are dear friends of mine. Uh, My wife and I, we, we spend a lot of time together, have, Mm -hmm. have them over for dinner, love their, they love our kids. We love their kids. It's great. Um, But there was a breakdown in communication and they Mm -hmm. felt like I no longer had their back. There was something yeah. that happened between them and a teenager. And so I was trying to deal with it my own way. And they felt like I kind of like left them out to dry. Yeah. And I had to come to them later and apologize. And I had a meeting with them. We, we went out to dinner and I just said, listen, tell me what I can do different to make sure that this <laughs> never happens again. Yeah. Um, and so I think just having that apology, but not just kind of like a, a casual apology, but like an apology of like, I want to fix this. Yeah. yeah Please yeah. tell me what I can do yeah. to make this better next time. Yeah. And that takes a lot of humility. Cause again, it doesn't feel good to just say, I messed up big time. I ruined this, you know, because yeah. again, you're expected to be the leader, you know, yeah. and people have that kind of expectation that, you know, you know how it is, right? Like we don't always remember the good memories, but we're yeah. really quick to recall the bad memories. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Um, and so in your ministry tenure, you know, people don't always remember all the wonderful things that you accomplished in the ministry and in the church, but they will quickly remember the one time that you spilled paint right. on the carpet or, you know, whatever, right. the one time that you, you know, right. that yes. you totally yeah. botched a youth activity, you know, oh, yeah. so, oh, yeah. yep. um, that's, that's uh, that's definitely a big deal. And then you mentioned too, I think another thing with that is, is just, you can't communicate enough. Yeah. We, we need to, we need to almost err on the side of over communication. Um, yes. cause it is funny where I feel like I communicate like crazy with my youth parents, yeah. but it's amazing how, how many questions I still get throughout the week, which I'm fine with. I have given every parent my email address and phone number, right. my yes. personal cell phone number. Like they can text me, call me, email me anytime they want. Right. That's an open, open door. Right. Right. Uh, but it amazes me. Like I will make yeah. multiple announcements, send out emails, post it on social media and people still don't know yes, yes. <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. I think everybody can relate to that, right? <laughs> I don't know how you guys were, but when I came into ministry, I was basing a lot of what I was doing on personal experience. Yes. I was, I was basing it on like, okay, this is how my church used to do it. This is what I learned at Bible college, Yep. Yeah. but every ministry is unique and different, right? We, we know mm-hmm. that, but we are not always like, we don't always practice that, right. you know, that it's different. Um, that. Yeah. yeah. We don't adapt well. And so, I think another thing to bear in mind is we have to know how our people communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, Ponca City is a Facebook town. We have learned yeah. that if we put something on Facebook, almost all the church is going to know about it. And that's nice for wow. us. So we're yeah. able to put it, you know, we put things, we have a very active church Facebook prayer page, and then we have another mm-hmm. kind of like announcement page. And both of those are very active. And so yeah. we had to learn that. And so I've kind of adapted my ministry to it as well. Yes. Uh, but, you know, and then sometimes you're going to be like, there's not one solution. And that's why yeah. uh, this year, yep. actually, because of 2020, we just started using, we're, we're still kind of like working through it, uh, a text, a texting software where we mm-hmm. actually send out mass texts to all. And we, you know, yeah. we're kind of working through the organization of like, uh, we want to send this to the choir. We want to send this to youth ministries, nursery workers, you know, trying to figure out all the yep. logistics of it. Yep. Um, you guys understand how, how that goes. Um, oh, yeah. But but we're trying to find, again, texting is how a lot of people communicate. And so now if oh, we yeah. can just type up one message and blast it to 400 people, right. hey, that's, that's what a good day. You yeah. know, like yeah. we're done. Let's sure. move on. Yes. Yeah. Because um, yeah. that's probably, I think um, for most people, texting is, is the number one, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but getting to know even like in your in your office, uh, I know in our, we have a, so we have a Christian school. So we, mm-hmm. we've added several employees. We just started that in 2020. I don't know what we were thinking, but okay. here we are. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've added several staff members for that. And then um, we have a music director, assistant pastor, senior pastor. Uh, and then we, we hired recently a few years back a, a children's pastor. We have a couple mm-hmm. secretaries. Um, but like not everybody is full time. Not everybody, you yeah. know, school staff is only here like part of the year. Uh, we have yeah. our secretaries are like mostly half day and stuff. So everybody's kind of here, there, everywhere. And mm-hmm. so I've had to learn how each person. So I know, hey, these guys. I can text them and they're going to respond yes. immediately. Yep. This guy I know never te- checks his emails. I've seen his computer and he has a thousand unread messages. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah. so don't email you, him. you yeah. need to learn, yeah. right? Don't email that guy. It's not going to yeah. get through. Um, yep. But if I, if I DM him on Instagram, not just kidding, you know, like yeah. you right. got to know. Do, do yes. you have any Marco Polo people in your church? Not in my church so okay. much, but I have some friends who are Marco Polo people. Okay. It's funny. Like I can text them and then yeah. I'll get on Marco Polo and it's like, yes. I texted you 30 minutes ago yes. and you've been Marco Poloing the last 30 minutes. Okay. You know, yeah. so. I was just curious. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, no, you just got to awesome. find out what people, you know, I yeah. got to message this guy on the fantasy football app and I don't know where he's going to be. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you, know, <laughs> you just right. figure out where people are and, you yeah. know, that just adapting to, yeah. uh, to those personalities. That's good. Good. It, it, Tim, that, I think that's helpful, but let me ask you this. Sometimes it's not feasible to get all of those people. Like, so the, if, if it's my responsibility to communicate something that's in my office and you have a much bigger, I, 
my pastor and I are the only two people that are there every day, every, you know, weekday at church. Um, and so there's, there's some other people that we would need to communicate with or whatever. Some guys that we, you know, there's somebody that runs our music ministry. There's somebody that runs our children's ministry, but they're both volunteer and work a full-time job, but they have needs to be communicated to for whatever variety of reasons as well. But in a situation where you are, where there's a lot of different staff people and it, it would be, unrealistic to expect for you to communicate to these three people via text message, this one via email, make four phone calls to these people all about a similar issue. Mm -hmm. So is there a tool that you guys have used to get all of that? Like what systems have you guys put in place to get everybody to one, to one forum? Um, Is that, is that something you've done or are you literally doing 17 different ways to talk to everybody. No, yeah, no, I understand that completely. I, I try to express to the parents. So we'll have parent meetings in person okay. and you know, there's just multiple yeah. ways that we meet yeah. with people. I tried to explain and we've done this for several years where we haven't, I have a through MailChimp, uh, okay. yep. we send out emails. So we do that through the church and I do that through the youth ministry specifically. Yes. Okay, so um, and so parents know, check your emails. You know, if, yep. if you're looking for youth activity information, it's going to be in an email. So just yep. check your email. It's there. Um, and then like, so, so yeah, we'll have a staff meeting and we'll discuss something. And this has been a breakdown in communication, a failure where we'll discuss it as a staff, but then we forget to communicate it to the the ministry personnel yes. who yes. are involved. So like we make a decision for bus ministry, but we forget to tell all the bus drivers and work. <laughs> right. so like, uh, well, yes. that's a problem, you know? And My so I fix a lot of problems on Monday that we get to get communicated by next Sunday to the people that need Uh, uh, it. That's just because my pastor and I are there. And so we, it's easy for us to talk, right? We're there talking, we get in Monday morning and we're talking and whatever. And so that's easy, but it's much more difficult to get. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's, (laughs) that's it. I, we've kind of put it on each, our past, my pastor does a really good job of like letting the ministry heads handle their responsibilities. He's Mm -hmm. not a micromanager, which for, I think, I mean, I like that leadership style. I prefer yes. that. I have thrived under something where I have the freedom and liberty just to kind of be myself. Sure. Um, and so he just kind of says, hey, you take care of this. And mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about it later in a bad right. way. You know what I mean? Because like, this right. is on you. Yeah. you know? And so, yes. um, so for me personally, I do try to meet at least four times a year with my youth workers. We actually have, like, uh, we try to have them over for dinner on occasion just to kind of get to know each other on a personal level. Right. And then um, I try to have meetings. So like, we have a meeting coming up this weekend where we're going to talk about our spring semester of, uh, of our youth program. Uh, and we're going to talk about the curriculum. We're going to, we divide up into teams and do like memory versus challenges and things like that. And so we're going to talk about that agenda and some of the big activities. Yeah. And so I'll do that. I try to do that quarterly where we'll meet and talk about, Hey, all, all the big activities, who's going to be able to make these activities, stuff like that. Yeah. And because as, as we all know, meeting in person is so much more effective. And it so is. if we can break it down to where, okay, me as the youth pastor, I'm going to have a personal meeting with just my youth workers. Um, and that's on me to coordinate that, you know, and the, the nursery coordinator is their responsibility to figure out. So for our nursery, they do it different where they send out letters or little yeah. note cards each week, you know, and I don't know if that's the most effective, but that's what we've been doing for years and it works. And so yeah. you get a note card in the mail that says, Hey, you're going to thank you for serving in the, the nursery this Sunday night, you know, like right. thanks yes. in advance. Um, yeah. And so yeah. each of our ministry heads kind of has their own way. Um, and thankfully we have an established ministry where we figured out, but I'll just say, you know, I mean, if it's, <laughs> if it's not working then obviously it's time to change up the method um, and yes. figure out, Hey, do we just need to start text messaging people? Do we need right. to, you know, um, because for certain teenagers, like I have a lot of text groups with teenagers where it's like, hey, this this mm-hmm. teen, this group of teenagers is uh, our outreach team. And so I'm going to text that group for this, you know, yes. um, just figuring out what works for your people. Yeah. Good. Uh, Good. 
for sure. Everybody's different. So. Yeah, we found it different. We started yeah. because of the pandemic. Our churches started using um, the the text, like the the mass text application called Remind, and it's a mm, free yeah. a, a free version. That there's some limitations there. You have a limitation sure. on characters and those kind of things. But um, oh, the, you can't send emojis. What's the point? You know, right? Like, exactly what's... right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but what we found is that just a a simple text message out every. You know, I, I try to be careful about it. I don't want to blow people's phones up, but I'll send reminders out. I'm generally the person that does that. And so I'll send them out for, you know, hey, don't forget this week we have this going on. Or, um, and, and that's been just a huge help in this uh, season where it seems like everything is changing all the time. Yeah. And there was a, some instability there for like, oh, hey, are we still doing that? Are we not doing that? And just a, you know, five days out saying, hey, this is still on the calendar. And we, this is the details that you probably should know. And we've talked about, but I just want to remind you, you know, so for our Christmas party, bring, this is what you're bringing. It's yeah. a gift and this is what time, and this is what we're doing about food and just put those all like, I make a little graphic on canvas and attach it to a remind group and send it out to everybody's text message and people get it the way that they choose to, they get to choose. Do I want it to be a text message or email? And then it comes to their phone. And that was, that was helpful for us, but it took some, it took some legwork to get that set up. Um, We came from a situation where we just didn't do that at all. Yeah. Um, I didn't have everyone's email address because that wasn't something that we had done. It wasn't the um, culture of our church to use those kind of things. And so the logistics, the logistics of getting all that together is almost, it's, it can be overwhelming. And I think that's what keeps people from taking those steps and measures to be able to communicate effectively. But that's, we, we, we have to put that effort forward if we're going to do yeah. it right. You know? yeah, so that's, that's, it. A, yeah. that's a big part of it. And so, yeah. uh, um, but yeah, a lot of times you're like, oh, why change it? You know, so much work. Yeah. I feel like that. I, I'm sure you yeah. feel like that sometimes it's like, yeah. it works. Like it doesn't work great, but it works. Like, yeah. Let's yeah. Just, yeah. I got other yeah. things to worry about. It's <laughs> yeah. messy, but it's our mess. It's yeah, comfortable. It's yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So some of the tips I'm hearing from you, Tim, are first of all, owning your failures when you don't communicate well. Um, there's, there's no such thing as over communication, probably, probably about the time that you think you have over communicated, people are just starting to, (laughs) to hear what you're saying. Right. And then I I will uh, clarify that because I I liked what Thomas had said. I I don't want to like barrage them with text messages, you know, like I don't want to communicate to where like they get the same, like I, we have our daily email from the church, you know, Um, but I I think over communicate in different methods. It's kind of like, you know, so we're going to email, we're going to bulletin still we're, you know, like don't just announce from the pulpit because we're doing email emails, you know, I don't have to do a church bulletin anymore. It's like, no, some people only read the bulletin, you know, so there are those five people still, you know, that read the bulletin. So yeah, yeah, learning to communicate how each individual best communicates is, is good. And then you even mentioned as far as like specifically in youth ministry, communicating directly, or maybe Thomas, you kind of more touched on this, communicating straight to the parents. And that was kind of implied in what you said, Tim, but trying to go through the teenagers is, um, oh, yeah. there, there's a weak link there. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> yeah. put it that way. So yes. always best to communicate directly to parents about that your is, things. Any children's yeah. ministry for sure. Any yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Here, 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 Johnny, five-year-old go, you know, make sure your parent knows all about this, you know, yeah, giving them flyers no. rarely ever going to actually get to the mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I am curious, we've kind of talked around this a little bit as far as, inner staff communication, specifically somebody who is not the pastor communicating to their pastor. What, what's your experience there? What things have helped you in uh, communicating well with, with your pastor? 
I unfortunately don't think I can offer like the perfect solution for people because my experience has actually been really wonderful in that regard. Um, growing up as a teenager, I had an, a pastor and a youth pastor who were very inviting and welcoming, who mm. always made sure that they that I knew and every other teenager and church member knew this. I have an open door in my office. Come in and 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 visit and yeah. talk anytime you want. And that meant a lot to me as a young person. And so I kind of, I didn't grow up in a ministry family. So seeing that from my pastor and youth pastor and other staff yes. members, that they they wanted me there. They wanted to have that open communication. And I yeah. could ask them any question in the world. And I wasn't going to get judged for it or ridiculed or mocked. Yeah. That kind of defined my ministry philosophy moving forward of like, hey, I need to be gracious like these guys. Um, so I think really that the intercept communication, it stems on leadership. Now it's tough for us because we're not the pastor. Right. And so we don't have that authority to make the decision of how the pastoral, but we can, we can affect how we receive people in communication. That's good. And I would say coming to central as well has been very, very similar environment where pastor Waterloo, he has an open door policy where we can go in anytime. Now we obviously staff understand, Hey, I know when he's in the throes of his studies and I'm not going to go in and interrupt that. Sure. But I, you know, I can go into his office pretty much anytime I want. I just knock on the door. He's always going to let me. And I don't think there's ever been a time he's turned me away, you know, because right. it's always obvious. He's got a big window. I can see if he's on the phone or if he's like concentrated right. on his computer. You know, if I'm yes. using discernment, he's like, come on and let's talk about this. And That's what's good, been yeah. so awesome about Pastor Waterloo and just him leading by example is we can go in and talk about any, any issue whatsoever and ask him any question yeah. and not be worried about getting fired. Yeah, that's good. Um, a couple examples of this would be at our staff retreat that we had in October. Uh, all of our ministers were there and our secretaries. And so we kind of took a break from a little, little, little intermission from uh, talking about the calendar and some of the different big events that are coming mm-hmm. up. And so everybody's kind of getting some snacks and stuff and just, you know, just take, stretching their legs. And so in intermission time, we started this discussion about the KJV only issue. Sure. Which is, oh, if, if you've been paying attention, that's a massive issue in yeah. fundamentalism right now. Uh, well, we're just seeing a light lot of conversation. Nobody, yeah. Just light conversation. You know, yeah. like, hey, I'm grabbing a, a Coca-Cola. You want to talk about the KJV? Yeah, yeah let's do it. You want some pretzels? Um, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so we've been talking about that for the next 30 minutes. Yeah. But what was awesome was I was able to play devil's advocate. And another yeah. one of our staff members who I'll leave nameless so that he doesn't feel called out. We were able to, to, to ask questions just to be transparent that we've heard from our friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that they are afraid to ask. Yeah. Because they're afraid of how their pastor or other mentors are going to respond to that question. Sure. Because to be fair, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this or, or at least witnessed this with others. If you ask certain issues about fundamentalism, you're going to just be, you're going to be greeted with, or, or the response is going to be, how could you even ask that question? Yeah. It, it, almost, you just get mocked to where you don't feel like, well, then I, I guess I just shouldn't ask this question ever again, because it's a foolish question, mm-hmm. which, which I get it. So for a guy who's like been in ministry for decades and you're going to ask him an issue about why does he believe in the KJV only? He's going to be right. like, well, oh, come on. Like, right. you don't think I figured this out by now, but for a young minister, he hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah. And when a young minister sees leaders in our movement mm-hmm. shifting away from the KJV only position, mm. that's gonna that's gonna shake the bedrock a little bit. That's yeah. that's gonna that's gonna turn their world upside down. Where it's like, yeah. okay, I've followed this guy for years, and mm-hmm. he's now coming out saying that he's not KJV only. 
Yeah. Can we, can we revisit this subject a little bit and can you help me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Another, another transparent issue. I don't know exactly where you guys are on this issue. I grew up in churches that were um, when it comes to the Lord's supper, we were um, close communion. Right. Okay. Now yeah. I always knew that open communion was wrong. I, that was mm-hmm. very obvious and clear to me, but most of the churches I was in by practice were, were close communion. And I didn't yeah. really yeah. see like, I was fine with it because it's all I was used to. And then I go to Heartland. Heartland literally was the first place I ever heard of the concept of closed, closed. communion. Yeah. So yeah. my, my, as a teenager, I would have said there's open communion and there's biblical communion. You know how yeah. my church does it. That's right. how I understood it. And I go to Heartland and all of a sudden people are like literally screaming about hey, right. closed and cl- close communion is wrong. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my goodness, what's happening? Right. And so yeah. that, you know, shook me up a little bit. So I go home and I talk to my pastor back home about it because again, yeah. he had that open door where we could talk about it. And we had a great healthy conversation about yeah. why he is close communion. And I respected his position. Yeah. And then I was able to talk to like my pastor, Pastor Waterloo now about why we are closed communion. And yeah. so for a guy who didn't grow up in a pastor's home and who grew up in churches yeah. that were only close communion, yeah. I needed that conversation where yeah. a lot of people would have just been like, what do you mean? Why would you even right. question this? Right. You know, yeah. this is, you should know this. You've been in church before. You know exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, but I have, but no one's ever explained it, you know? So right. yep. really think, the, the excuse is I don't have a good answer for you. So <laughs> I can't <laughs> articulate it. Well, I was sometimes, sometimes it is that, yeah. but I will, I will say, and, and this is another thing that again, I think, Here's the thing about us not being pastors. Not everyone who's going to listen to this is going to say, I'm going to be a senior pastor someday. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a reasonable expectation that a lot of guys who are associates right now will eventually become senior pastors. And so I think what we should take with us into the future is we can't change the now. We can't necessarily change like what a senior established pastor is going to be, but we can change ourselves to help the future generations. And so if we can have that open communication and that, that transparency and honesty with people, Mm-hmm. where they feel yeah. comfortable talking to us yeah. and bringing up yeah. any subject whatsoever. Yeah. Cause again, with pastor Waterloo, he's a wise man and he, he generally has an answer for everything, right. but there have been times where he he's expresses, I don't think someone has to be an expert on all subjects. And if you're not right. an expert on all things, then just don't talk about it. You know, like, right. like yeah. don't, don't, don't ignore it, but like, don't pretend like you're an expert about it. That's yeah. good. Because if you're yeah. pretending like you're an expert about something you don't, you know, very little yeah. about, you're just going to confuse people and mislead people. Ooh, that's good. And, and, and that that happens even on a staff level, oh, yeah. where I th- we have that expectation. Like, I mean, people expect me to just have total Bible recall, where it's like, yeah. "Hey, where's that <laughs> right. story about so and so?" And I'm like, "Somewhere in the Book <laughs> right. of Exodus." I don't right. know. Oh, you know, right. like, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, you have a concordance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah. I, people expect ministers to have an answer for everything, but yeah. it's okay to say, Hey, you know what? Let me take some time to do some reading on that. Let me, yeah. let me take some time. Can we meet about this again later? Instead yep. of just making up an answer on the spot Good. or what we've witnessed, unfortunately ridiculing people or just making them feel silly for even asking yeah. a question. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So creating, creating space for safe questioning yeah. is sure is yeah. something that's very helpful. Just understanding inter- like, yeah, like, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yeah, that was it. Just for whether that's inner staff communication or even just between a staff member and a church church member. Yeah, I think that's definitely applicable for church members because you think about like if if we don't know the answers to certain questions, how do our church yeah. members feel? You know? right. Yeah, so they yeah. they need to feel safe. Yeah. Um, Good. You know, I, I don't love that word, but you know, you feel feel yeah. safe like coming to you and asking yeah. Yeah. for you know advice or counsel on a certain subject, yep. and not being yeah. ridiculed. That's yeah. good. I, I would also just say 
um, want to add to this conversation as well that as we're the ones attempting to communicate, right? So we, I only have responsibility for me. I can only change me. The, yeah. You said that, brother Tim. I can't control how my pastor's communication style. I can't control. Right. right. You know, uh, I, I'm here in this situation. I can only control me. But making sure then that when I have those questions, especially the big ones, the ones where I'm, you know, we're, we're struggling with, you know, some some matters that for him are uh, solid and settled. He doesn't have these same questions. It's really important for me then to come and approach those situations with grace and humility yeah. um, and, and not in a way, and I've been guilty of this, where I'm trying to trap him or right. trying oh, yeah. to trick or trying to convince him of something. But if I'm asking questions, they need to be honest questions. Yes. If, for me, and I, I'm not going to suddenly become an honest like listener and going to be able to be honest to the people that are coming to me if I'm constantly trying to uh, manipulate a conversation yeah, going up. Huge. And so I, I, I just I feel like there are we we all know, and I'm sure that anybody's listening to this podcast can can point to times where a a senior pastor maybe has not handled that well and has made it a struggle for them, somebody underneath them to in their struggles to come to what they believe and where they are in theologically, those kind of things. But I've also seen guys in my position be the ones wrong in their attempts to get what they want or, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I want to be, I want to be fair there too. Sometimes yes, I agree. Some, Sometimes my pastor's lack of wanting to engage in this subject has not so much to do with he doesn't want to. It's because he can also sense in me that I'm not really being honest about that. And that needs to be a, that if I'm the one trying to, you know, trying to paint him into a corner and be like, aha, now where are you going to go? What are you going to say now? Well then, I mean, my goodness, why would he want to have a conversation with me about that? And so. And that might be why several pastors are immediately defensive. Because yes. they have been attacked on it so much before. Yes. I don't know what his past yeah. experiences with this conversation have been. Yep. And and I know for uh, I know for my pastor, he's had he's had people, Heartland students, you know, uh, that's mm-hmm. where we're we're all from Heartland and where they'll come to him with a question, but the problem is they're they're asking him to solve a question in about fifteen minutes. They have spent literal years researching themselves. Yes. And so if a guy's been over here studying reformed theology and Calvinism, and then he's gonna come to to any mentor or pastor and say, Hey, we only have about 15 minutes. Um, can you explain to me why I shouldn't be reformed in theology? Right. Um, hold on, bro. You've studied <laughs> dozens of books. You've watched yes. all these pastors and episodes of whatever. And now you're asking me in 15 minutes to defend. That's not fair. Right. So exactly. I'm glad you said that. I think that's yeah. really appropriate yeah. To, yeah. to mention here. It's worth um, mentioning. It's because again, that's communication. It goes yep, both it ways. It does. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if, if yeah. my if my pastor's always defensive and upset, like, okay, I need to question how I'm approaching my pastor. That's it. Yes. You know. Yeah. So I'm well, glad you said that. And yeah. and it and then as us as leaders, we need to make sure that we're careful in how we're responding yes. to people who are asking yeah. questions. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. yeah. That's good. It would it would certainly be possible that there would be a situation where it would be the senior pastor is the one that is just a poor communicator that could be possible but more likely it's the fact that we um struggle to communicate together and okay. i'm i need to do my job to do that well and yeah. that's what that's the only thing i can control anyway is how i'm doing it so i might as well do it well yeah and, and I, I had notes here but they're all like scattered around right and yeah. so like I've, there's things i wanted to say but i think yeah. it's a good time to say like i think 
create, we have to create a culture of healthy there communication. It is. Yes. Yep. Cause it's not going to just happen. You know, it's not like you're going to walk into a situation and say like, Hey, today I want to have a great conversation right. with my pastor, but the last yeah. three months, you and your pastor never talk about anything besides like Good. a staff meeting for 30 minutes a day, you know, like uh, right. one day a week, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, and I know some guys who have, who have gone into pastoral or, 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 or ministry positions where they, they want that, they want that kind of mentorship with their pastor where their, mm-hmm. their dream vision is my pastor is going to ask me out to lunch every other day. My right. pastor and I are going to have coffee every afternoon. My pastor is going to have me over to his house. We're going to play golf together and we're going to talk about all kinds of theological. And they have this like dream of yes. what it's going to look like, yeah. but that's not who that pastor is. Right. You know? So I think there's a couple things with that. I think if you, you want that culture of communication or you want that culture of mentorship, you know, mm-hmm. you need to express that Yeah. and, 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 and give it time to develop and, and, and you do your part to cultivate that. Yes. That's um, it. Again, you can't just expect it overnight. Um, and yeah, and yeah. I, I, that again, it just it goes both ways. We have to be, um, we have to be intentional about yes. how we're communicating and how often yep. we're communicating. Yeah. So that when big questions arise, you know, imagine like me and my pastor have very very little communication. We don't have a great relationship. And all of a sudden I'm going in and I'm like, Hey pastor, I'm struggling with the KJV only position. He's going to be like, okay, bro, maybe it's time for you to go, you know, right. um, yeah. or, yeah. or we don't have a healthy communication. And I'm like, Hey, I think it's time for me to, to transition into a pastorate somewhere. And again, he's like, Oh, so you don't like it here, you know, but right. So for me and my pastor, I told yeah. him when I first yeah. came, I feel called to be a senior pastor someday. Yeah. And that was, I've been here almost, uh, I've been here almost nine years now. Yeah. Um, so it's not like I told him that with like, Hey, I'm, I'm only going to be here like six months, bro. You know? Right. So like, um, yeah. I told him that just saying, this is when, when we were talking about my ministry goals, I expressed yeah. that early on yeah. and we've had those conversations since and multiple times right. to where now that I've been here for nine years and, and if, if I get a phone call from a church, it's, or, or I go to my pastor and I say, Hey, listen, I'm talking to this person about this opportunity. It's not like a, he's upset and he wants me to leave in six weeks right? yeah. because I've seen those scenarios yes. and I have to, I have to wonder why does your pastor want you to leave so quickly? And yeah. I think there's multiple, there's, that's a whole nother conversation to be honest with sure. you. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah. oh, if yeah. we can establish a culture of healthy communication now, yep. it's not going to be so like, Blindside. Your pastor is yes. so blindsided when you come to Good. him with this information or these questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and That's so, good. even if your pastor maybe doesn't want to communicate with you all the time, I think yeah. if you're just consistent in communicating thoughts to him, yep. to where you're building up to bigger questions and, and opening yeah. up those doors, at yes. least again, it's not going to be so alarming to him. And you can good. create that culture eventually. Yeah, yeah. I think good. I think what 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 you're saying about it is even as the second guy or even as the associate or the youth pastor or the children, whatever the position, if we're fostering good communication, that that's going to set up that that's going to influence the way the culture of our communication style at our church. And we, we have some control over that. It's not, it's not all of us, but we have, we have some control that way. And if we'll do our job well and communicate the way that it would be right and appropriate and not, not uh, be afraid of conflict and not, you know, all the things that we talked about at the beginning, if we will yeah. be better than that and we'll instead, you know, try to try to be honest about those things that will not only help us where we are, but that does set us up to be when it is time to be the next guy or it's time to move on to the next place that those things are already in place for us to be able to communicate yeah. better in those moments as well. Uh, it takes, it takes time. And I think that, I think that's helpful as well, just to re restate the, 
uh, I'm not going to be able to become the person that people want to come and talk to overnight, especially if I've had a reputation of squashing and, you know, being a jerk here and there. But if I want to be the kind of person that people will come to and will have those conversations with, well, I need to be the kind of person that I would want to go to and talk yeah. to about those yeah, things. That's good. I'm reminded of that even with my own children. I mean, they're still pretty young. <laughs> they're not asking those huge big life questions yet. Um, I, but I want my kids to be able to have feel you know, comfortable asking me those kind of questions. And yeah, so yeah. That, that's spot on Thomas. I appreciate that. But, you know, Tim, man, I've sure appreci- appreciated your, yes. uh, you know, your experience and your passion. I know Thomas has, I'm sure yes, as well, indeed. as we're wrapping this up, uh, is there any last words of, of wisdom or any final exhortations you could give us when it comes to communicating well and, and clearly with those around us? Um, I, I am grateful for the conversation because I think we've expressed uh, a lot of, of good thoughts on it. I just hope it's a help to somebody. Um, I think, you know, one reminder too, is just obviously going to scripture and remember scripture, scriptural principles on communication. Yeah. And one of those yeah. being James one nineteen to, uh, yeah. to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Uh, um, I think that yes, we're, we're fixers by nature, right. As ministers, yes. you know, it's oh, like, yes. Hey, somebody's going to come to me with a problem. I want to fix it immediately. But I think yeah. we can, good. we can heal a lot of, damage relationships and unhealthy communications by giving others opportunity to speak, you know, that's and so if we're, if we're just that's controlling good. every conversation and everything that's going on, people aren't going to care about our communication anymore, you know? Yeah. And so we, we need to so give good. others the opportunity to speak. And that's yeah. just part of creating that culture, yes. right? creating that yeah. culture where it's like, Hey, this is a place where you come and you talk to me about anything. I'm, I'm here to listen yeah. to you yeah. and, and I'm going to give you meaningful mm-hmm. answers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird how the Bible has something to say about how we speak. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, thanks yeah. again, Tim. Sure. Thank I've you. appreciated oh, the, the time. Appreciate you yes. giving us that uh, precious, precious time. I know that's important yeah. and uh, we value it. So thank you so much. Appreciate you. Well, I'm just a youth pastor. It's not, I was just going to be playing video games all day anyways. So. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Right. Yeah. YouTube and video games. <laughs> yeah, that's all it. we do. <laughs> Lost YouTube time this morning, man. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah. it was good. I appreciate Uh, you guys uh, inviting me on. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on not the pastor. We would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash not the pastor. Love to have you join us and talk about some of the ways that you have communicated well, or maybe some of the ways that you have struggled in communication and the lessons you've learned there. We would love to hear about your stories on Facebook. And then we would appreciate it if you would go to iTunes or whatever, you're the curator of podcasts and rate and review, not the pastor. You give us those five-star ratings and we would sure appreciate that. That helps us get this content in front of more people to listen to. Until next week, we are not the pastor.